Welcome the fuck back, How Original Podcast. We are so back. We are so back. <laughs> as everyone on the Kanye sub says. Yes. Every as... time something gets announced that's hinting at like, this as, might actually come out. As every incredibly naive 15-year-old Kanye fan believes, yes. we are actually back. This is a very special episode. We're doing Uncut Gems, which we both fucking love. Oh, yeah. And I'm now a 30-year-old man as of this morning. That's a, it's an auspicious occasion. This is now an age gap podcast. <laughs> Our fans are going to start saying it's problematic. We are truly a May-December. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only way May-December could have been more twisted is if they had been podcasters. Oh my god, you're right. But yeah, I am now 30, which I think a few friends were asking me, like, oh, how do you feel? Like, expecting I would feel negatively about turning 30, but I'm like, that's awesome. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Good. And we, we had a good conversation at dinner about some of the values and focuses I want to uh, bring as a 30-year-old and kind of reflected on my 20s. And yeah. yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I, I have faith in you. Yeah. Well, I it, think you might just pull this one up. Pull this one off, dude. George, it's funny that we're both drinking the same uh, Steamworks non-alcoholic beer. And hey, you think you're tasting it, but there are things in here as a three-year-old I'm picking up <laughs> that you could not even comprehend. <laughs> right, right. I'm enjoying this in a far deeper and more esoteric way than you. Damn, dude, I got FOMO. <laughs> I got palate FOMO right now. <sighs> You'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out, like, you know when, like, you're a teenager and you try beer for the first time and, like, yeah. you hate it, obviously? But um, you really want to like it, because you're like, I'm a classic man, I gotta yes. like this. What if truly, like, you unlocked a new mm. beer flavor when you turned 30? So it's Whoa. like this entire time we've been pretending. Like, <laughs> we, we didn't even know that it could get this good. Right. But, like, dads truly did, we're onto something, you know? Right. <laughs> where it's like, they were truly drinking a different beverage. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, this is why they're drinking 24 days a night. It's yeah. just a different thing. <laughs> Well, I do feel like there's a bit of, um, if you grew up drinking, like, Budweiser, and then you learned about craft beer when you're already an adult, it's kind of crazy. Like, some people never make yeah. that transition. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe in more rural places, perhaps, but some people are like, nah, that shit's whack. Dude, dads hate it. I just want beer. every beer to be the exact same. Dads don't fuck with Actually, my beer. my dad likes to craft beer every night. Okay, I can see that. You're... He, he usually keeps a few yellow dogs. Um, yeah. There's a place called Neighborhood in Penticton that's quite good, mm-hmm. which is actually yeah. under the same ownership. Oh, I see. But they do some pretty crazy beers. Really? Yeah, okay. They're, like, constantly inventing new stuff in the lab. Okay, okay. Yeah. They're, like, Dave Franco and Easy. Yeah. So my dad's pretty progressive with the beers. Cool, cool. <laughs> Um, no, my dad only drinks Sleeman's honey lagers. Ooh, so he's like locked in. <laughs> he's fully locked yeah. in. Yeah. Do you, do you know about this meme the kids are saying? Locked in? Mm, I don't know if I know the it's meme. It's like, I've seen a few variations. One is like, <laughs> when I'm driving drunk as hell and I need to lock in. But the other is like, when my phone's face ID doesn't recognize me, I need to lock in and focus. <laughs> and then I saw this meme where it's like, I went to the aquarium with my 12-year-old cousin. He went up to every fish and said either he geeking or he locked in. <laughs> Wait, in terms of the fish? So the I, fish, I guess. So the fish, fish was either geeking or locked in. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. The, the younger kid who may or may not actually be real, uh, but for the sake of the tweet, we can believe it. He was appraising the fish, you know, so they were either... I'm trying to be locked in in my 30s. I don't know if I would want my fish to be locked in. I, feel like <laughs> I don't I... think a fish needs... What are they going to lock in on? Eating stuff? Like, swimming? Well, yeah. They're in an aquarium. Do you think what a fish... 
what the fuck do they need to stress about? Do you think when a fish like sees like a tasty morsel on a fish hook, mm. it really like tries to lock in? I would just like I would, would imagine that's one of the few times. Don't fucking do it. Yeah. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> They're pretty locked in in Finding Nemo. Yes. Because um, they found them. Yeah, ultimately. yeah. Would you say Nemo was geeking or locked in? I would say Nemo was kind of geeking, but yeah. Marlin was locked in. Dory was geeking, yes. then became locked in. Oh, did so Dory's kind of, the definition yeah. of geeking. What are you talking Dory about? Was, Dory was wild, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Dory was acting a damn fool. A no third classification of fish? Holy <laughs> shit, dude. Do you think anyone could have possibly anticipated they would get a meme analysis of Finding Nemo from this episode of like Uncut Gems? Dude, there's so much ocean. From a 30-year-old man. <laughs> Dude, there's so much ocean that's still undiscovered. Like, there might be even more tiers, levels to this, like, fish game, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, Because we I, only know about Geekin and Locked In and now Wildin. Well, I've been, well, I was thinking a lot more about the ocean when I was putting together my Ocean Gate sub-costume, and my stance is a lot of the ocean is scary, and we shouldn't explore it. Right. We should leave a little mystery. Yes. You know? You know, I, yeah. <laughs> Actually, here's my stance. I think most of the ocean has been unlocked already and oh we, and, i see what you're saying and we think it hasn't you know what i mean but it's actually just like a dead zone yeah 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 well i mean anytime i see a documentary where it's like a deep sea fish i'm like there's no need to be down there with them they look terrifying i think you go to a certain point of the ocean and it's like in a video game where like <laughs> there's just like a wall like an imaginary yeah. wall in the middle of the air like yeah. you just can pass through the Whereas people are expecting more of a GTA type approach where yeah. you can find more and more stuff to do in the yeah. ocean, but it's yeah. like, yeah, maybe we should just leave it alone. Yes. I'm against... I, I don't think God made... Like, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. know, God, he, he's a great design. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. Like, you know, he's he's pretty high level, I would Good say. skins on most of the levels. <laughs> Good hitboxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he doesn't have endless time. You know, he had... That guy had to take a break. Yeah. You know, like, for a yeah. reason, you know? He didn't make the whole thing, so uh, yeah, I think it just ends at a certain point, and yeah. we're just not going to be able to swim through unless we can find the no clip. True, unless we can no clip that's, and cheat at doing a speed run. That's different. Um, in my thirties, I'm definitely not going to be doing a deep sea exploration. Mm. Uh, like I was telling you at dinner, I really hate plots that involve time travel, so I won't be watching any movies like that. I won't be writing anything about time travel. Yeah. I was thinking though, in my thirties. <laughs> Uh, these are things I'm already into, but I want to get more into hating and gatekeeping. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I really feel like I was just born to be a hater. Yeah. It really bothers me when people are like, really let mean. people enjoy things. So it's like, well, what if everyone's wrong? <laughs> so I, I think this podcast is like, it's really good for me because I can speak up about things I don't like, yeah. such as the new Netflix original, Leave the World Behind, which yes. I watched today after Uncut Gems. Which I think we're doing an episode about, so we'll we'll save we, our, our banter. We're probably for that. gonna do something Christmas next week, and then maybe for like a New Year's episode, we do leave the world behind. Stay tuned. But it's like, yeah, when I hate something, I need to speak on it. Yeah, I feel like people are they're like, oh, let people enjoy things. You should try to see it from their perspective. Nah, dog. Yeah. And also gatekeeping. I think in twenty twenty four, it should be easier to get a gun than a podcast mic. Yeah, I truly think. We don't need more podcasts. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. we've reached the quota. I, now that pulling, we're in it, we've reached the quota. I'm pulling the ladder up after us. Yeah, 
Yeah. We've done it for more than a year. We've proved we can do it responsibly yeah. with a minimum amount of societal harm. Well, yeah. if, if you were saying before we started, if we ever release the audio warm-ups we do to test the mics, it would just be the craziest shit. Like, like we would need to leave the world like, behind. I, I don't think people know how we're geeking on those. We're truly geeking. We're we're locked in now, but we're geeking on the warm-up. Yeah, would you say like the world? Do you think we've made the world better since we started potting? Like, what that's do you think? a really good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I like to think so, especially seeing some people share with us like their Spotify metrics. Yes, it's like wow, some people have actually really spent a surprising amount of time with us. Right. This this is our one year anniversary, which, by the way. Yeah, right? which a little over one year. Yeah. yeah, like a day over one year. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. So this is going to be a reflective one. Get, dude, getting that pop-up on my phone when I tapped into Anchor, well, Spotify for podcasters, please, Anchor, um, getting the notification, like, you've been doing this for a year. I flash back to, like, people I know who have gotten engaged, who have had children, <laughs> who have, you know, maybe done other stuff. And I'm like, well, we put out about 50 pods, so. <laughs> yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the cosmic scale, I mean, that's, yeah. that balances out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of gatekeeping, I did know about Julia Fox for years before Uncut Gems. Oh, she I was did. following her on Instagram from, like, 2015 oh. when she was, like, putting out photography books of really weird stuff, when she had her own clothing line. She's, like, now archived or deleted basically everything she used to have on her Instagram. When'd she get the ass, though? That is a good question. When'd she get think... the new body? <laughs> I think probably a couple years prior to Uncut Gems. Cool. Yeah. I was talking so much about this, the unreleased Kanye song, New Body, at the uh, party that we were both at on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So George and I attended the same party, and I did take some uh, rather compelling man-on-the-street-style interviews, which will appear in a future episode. Good, good. But yes, you were talking Kanye. Um, and uh, <laughs> but speaking of Julia Fox, I had an interesting conversation with Gareth. Oh, yeah. Shouts out, Gareth. Um, about how, isn't it crazy that, like, both, like, the most, the two most famous people from, like, Vancouver, Michael J. Fox, and, uh, or, like, Burnaby, kind of, like, Vancouver suburb. I was gonna say, let's narrow, let's lock in on, uh, (laughs) Uh, Michael J. Fox and Terry Fox are both foxes. Isn't that crazy? Right. And I was, I was saying, like, man. I bet that must be a lot of pressure if your last name is Fox. You know what I mean? It's a good last name. Like, what's up? It's catchy. What you got? Yeah. Did you ever watch the Rainer Werner Fassbender film, Fox and Friends? I have not. Julia Fox and Friends? <laughs> uh, he's it? a little less good looking than <laughs> Julia Fox, but... Isn't Fox and Friends like a, like a Fox News segment that they do? I think that's a segment Probably. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, this is a German movie from the 70s, so... <laughs> right, right. I, uh, I'm not sure if Fox News directly pulled from it. <laughs> right. What it's about... Wait, what's the... Wes... Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox? Fantastic Mr. Right. Fox. I was getting that confused with Captain Fantastic, where Viggo Mortensen raises his kids in the oh. wilderness. More like fat-astic Julia Fox. Hey. Come on. Yeah, dude, Come her... On. Her art books are crazy, like photos of her injecting heroin and like living in Louisiana with the band members of Salem and stuff. Damn. So she was, would you say she was locked in or, or, or geeking? On that Both. One? Okay, okay, okay. If such a thing is possible. Well, it sounds like she was more locked in back then and now she's a little bit geeking, right? So 
Look, you know we grade women's appearances on this podcast. Yes. I would say after this movie... We're she, like Facebook in its prime. Yeah, hot or not. <laughs> yeah. The face, we're the Facebook before they became Facebook. Um, yeah, I would say after this movie, definitely got into the spotlight a lot more. Uh, seemingly has had a very up and down personal life. A lot of people have speculated, like, is she using drugs again? Perhaps some, uh, like, what's it called? Cool sculpting or, like, liposuction, where she seemed to lose a lot of weight very rapidly in a way that I don't think looked very traditionally good. Like, I think in this movie, she's so beautiful. Yes. And has, like, the perfect body type. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, also got into, like, very bizarre kind of high-concept fashion stuff and, like, mm -hmm. shaved her eyebrows. And mm -hmm. now I think she still has eyebrows, but they look bizarre. Okay. She literally should have just kept doing everything she does in this movie. <laughs> Dated Kanye for a while. Yeah. So she, like, just kept her character going, basically. Yeah. <laughs> she just never went out of character. I, I saw this meme that's, like, Julia Fox is a woman who was so hot that she then had to become, like, insufferable to, like, repel men. Right, right, right. <laughs> or something to that effect. Right. Like, so, yeah. See, I thought... You know, I don't know. Um, I, on this watch, on my yeah. like, third watch of this movie, I kind of thought the the ass was too a little too fat. <laughs> really? Oh, no. I, I, everything was... Uh, it, was it was so big. Yeah. It was crazy. And then she gets the Howie tattoo. It was like another so fucking funny. Dude, it was like another entity on her. It was like uh, <laughs> it was like Quado from fucking Total, Total Recall. <laughs> God damn, dude. Oh man. Um, I remember also this would have been a year or two ago. So Julie Fox had a baby with someone non-famous, I think. And then I'm you know when somebody posts way too many fucking Instagram stories and you go to their account and it's like each story is like a dot. It's mm -hmm. like a little ant. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And it's like, nobody's life is going well when they do that, by the way. Right. The more stories get posted, the worse. Like if you see me post like 10 stories in a day, I'm at like rock bottom. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but I saw so many stories. I'm like, okay, what's happening here? And it was her speaking into the camera, tearful, talking about like how much of a piece of shit this guy is, how he's a deadbeat dad, posting videos of him being like, I mean, it looked like pretty drunk and verbally abusive, like from her camera roll, but she was speaking into the camera crying, but she had applied a filter to her face through Instagram. So it's like, it was crazy to see somebody have like this kind of, uh, too candid, like emotional stuff. But then it's like, you're also trying to make yourself look pretty with an Instagram filter. Like what is the takeaway here? Right. Right. And then later she's like, yeah, I'm pretty dramatic. He actually was still paying the rent for my apartment during that whole time. Okay. It's like, hmm. well, I'm sure there are two, two if not three sides to the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just remember it was like crazy how many stories she posted. It's like, I've never seen someone crying and having a meltdown, but like still wants to put a filter on their face. Weird. Yeah. That's, that's uh, energy. I'd say she was geeking. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Certified geeking. <laughs> All right, man. Should we get into the film? We should. All right. The meat and potatoes. Uncut Gems, 2019. Uh, wait, I have one thing I want to say. Okay. So I found this uh, collection of data. What we watched, a Netflix engagement report. And Netflix, if some of you don't know, is famously stingy with their data. Mm -hmm. I'd really like a lot more transparency, but, you know. So yeah, from, so a lot of, like, comedians. That's what I've heard mm, from, like, I don't know. Because I listen to a lot of comedian podcasts, they're all like, show us the show us the raw numbers, right. um, so that we know like 
you know, how much are you actually, how much are people actually seeing this? Because yeah. that would be really helpful for them when they're like making deals and leveraging deals. Yeah, totally. With Netflix, it's like how many people are actually watching this? Because like, I might just fuck around and put this out on YouTube, right? Yeah. If you compare the numbers. Um, totally. But Netflix was pretty smart, I think, keeping it sort of close behind the curtain yeah. for a while um, so that they could, they have, you know, every, the ball is truly in their court because nobody can leverage anything if they don't know the numbers. So I'm surprised that they released <laughs> The world this. is on their shoulders. The ball is in their court. <laughs> uh, so, the, yeah, this is every title that they put out or that is currently platformed on Netflix. Uh, what we watched, a Netflix engagement report, hours viewed from January to June 2023. So first half, Q1, Q2, okay. 2023. Yeah. I've looked up the kissing booth. All three. I tallied the hours <laughs> and all three kissing booths combined for half the year have been watched a actually guess the number. Did you see it on my screen? No, I didn't. Okay, guess uh, the number. It's in the tens of millions. Tens of millions. <clears throat> so it's not over a hundred million and it's over ten million. Um forty. 40 million? Okay, not not terrible. 59,800,000 between the three movies. And then I thought, you know, that number is so big, I'm having trouble understanding that. What if I put it in years? Okay. So I found out there are 8,760 hours in a year. Okay. Divided 59,800,000 by 8,760, which is 6,826 points. Four, eight, four years. It's, so it's over, something you're seeing the graduation song right now. <laughs> over 6,800 years worth of the kissing booth. And then I was thinking, like, what if when you die, you don't go to heaven or hell, but you're stuck in purgatory just rewatching the kissing booth for thousands of years? Well, I was talking to you Which about would be hell. before the pod. This sounds like <laughs> the calculation, like, people have made about, of, like, Bill, how long Bill Murray has spent in the Groundhog Day day in that movie, and people have said, like, or I think, like, uh, what's his name, the guy who made that movie, uh, from Ghostbusters, okay, Right, uh, not Harold Ramis, but, uh, the other guy from Ghostbusters. Anyway. There's definitely somebody at home screaming at us right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> who, who's, who said is like hundreds, if not thousands of years or something. Crazy <laughs> like that. Um, so yeah, dude, that's certainly, cause I think that movie is also interpreted as like purgatory. Yeah. So, dude. Yeah. Purgatory fully. Yeah. Watching the kissing. Movies. <laughs> Holy shit. That is. And that's just six months. Yeah. And these movies are not relevant anymore, I would say. Like, they're not brand new. They're yeah. probably not being shown as, like, biggest in your country, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Like, yeah. they've been on the platform the whole time. So that, yeah. it's kind of incredible when you think about, yeah, we can sit around and make fun of this content all we want. And it, Jacob Elordi has recently said, like, yeah, this movie sucked. Yeah. But the staying power of that content, it's still being viewed yeah. every month for thousands of years. It's so crazy. Yeah. That's insane. For thousands of years. That's, holy shit, yeah. <laughs> that really puts things into perspective. Though. Imagine our podcast being listened to for millennia. <laughs> yeah, man. Jeez. Whew. Yeah, that's that's more recorded years than there are after death. <laughs> this, is, this is heavy stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Did I tell you one time I, I got pretty high and I watched this documentary about like 
the future of the universe, like hundreds of millions, billions of years into the future, what physicists think will happen. Oh, wait. And all the like heat death of stars and like the collapse of everything and like, right, 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 yeah, right. I can't put all my problems in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your like biggest problem today that you faced? Today, your specifically? Biggest, your biggest battle, yeah, on your 30th. Um, watching leave the world behind. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, that was a watching it and not, <laughs> not leaving you a voice note every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah, I won't say much, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have a bone to pick. Mm-hmm. And I am trying to embrace haterism. You have a boner dick. <laughs> not for that movie. <laughs> And it's too bad because I do like Ethan Hawke a lot. Uh-huh. I was like, ah, oh, man, Ethan, you gotta pick better projects, man. I'm more of a Mike Hawk guy. <laughs> My Hawk? <laughs> of Stranger Things fan? His brother, Mike Hawk. <laughs> okay. I was thinking of this bit today because I'm so sick of Stranger Things. I'm like, I'm not watching the rest of it. Like, mm-hmm. it just needs to go away. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna come out, like, I don't even think this coming year, like the year after. Oh, okay. And I'm like, literally, when it first started coming out, there were pedophiles watching that show yes. who are now, they've checked out because the kids have gotten too old, right? <laughs> right, 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 right? That's how long this show has been around. They've lost their initial pedophile audience. Yeah, there's nothing strange about it anymore. Do you think if I workshop that bit, it could be my type 5? I think it could be. <laughs> dude, there's something there. Okay. There was something there. I was pretty proud of myself. I think it moved. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play that bit unfinished in a stadium full of people and yes. see how they react. <laughs> Yeah. Real quick before we do on cut downs, when do you think Vulture is coming out? Oh. Do you actually think it's coming out? Because there is, like, he's scrapped entire albums before. Yes, Yandi famously yeah. was scrapped. But a lot of the songs on Yandi were repurposed as songs for later albums. Mm. Um, one of them, which, you know, infamously now, he didn't get clearance for by Nicki Minaj. Uh, yeah, he tried to ask her, like, three hours before the fucking deadline, she's like, not into it. <laughs> Which is insane. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude's got a procrastination yeah. problem. Uh, uh, that's one of his problems. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's his, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's his biggest problem. <laughs> it's definitely one of them. Um, it's a real man versus self, kind of. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I do think it'll come out, but... I don't know, man. I'm just a hopeless romantic, though. That's right. the thing. Is is I always believe. I'm always just positive. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so you're I, kind of like the kids on the sub, just getting baited time and time again. Yes, dude. I I truly am. I truly am. I I believe. Whereas I'm more of a hip hop circle jerk poster. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> hating on everything. <laughs> I do think it'll come out. I I like the reading of it one redditor had about the vultures concept um which is that like so the design of like the vultures is have you seen it like the sort of like the the black like silhouette of like the vultures side by side or like back to back i don't believe i have is that the album cover where he's taking like the black metal inspired font uh it's the same one but like the sort of insignia for the vultures mm, specifically no. is a uh reference to like the the german like eagles um which is like a lot of people were like nazi shit right uh but one like german dude on reddit was like actually like it's not specifically nazi shit it's just like german shit and like the vultures is a reference to like 
So the eagles have turned into vultures, which is like a nod right. at Adidas, which is a German brand. So he thinks this is all, uh, tr- you know. Couldn't you also say, given everything Kanye has said outside of the literal context of this album, yes. uh, <laughs> repeatedly about the Jewish people, yes, yes. and uh, yeah, all the stuff during his tenure at Adidas that it could just, and also very deliberately borrowing the style of font from black metal, which. As a genre, I would say some of these seminal acts that are very tied with Nazism. Well, the specific <laughs> um, album, yeah, Reprism uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is I mean, I think it's like he's not going right up to the line on like four different Nazi references and be like, ah, it's just German stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, it's... yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the actual cover art is um, one by uh, Friedrich. What's his name? Um, Gaspar David Friedrich. Right. He's also a German painter. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah he's... Uh, I was trying to bring up the video of his Instagram meltdown the other day, and when I put in Kanye meltdown, it brought up about seven other meltdowns before <laughs> yeah. I found the specific one I was looking for. I was like, yeah, this guy's down bad. Ooh. Um, it's a tough one. Straight again. Speaking sure. of embattled, Howard Ratner. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Howie Ratner. We stand with the Jewish Adam community. Sandler. Stan. Yes. Stan. I stand with deeply embattled Jewish gambling addicts. <laughs> Dude, watching... So our, my phone is tipped sideways to film us. It makes me think of Howie in the car ride watching like a basketball stream on his like second gen iPhone tipped sideways. So fucking good. Quietly trying to watch the basketball game in bed with his son. Yeah, well he's supposed to be telling his son he loves him. Yeah. Watching with headphones in. Just, the wired headphones. Yeah. Oh man. All the domestic stuff with him is just so pathetic. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. So doomed. Totally, totally. It's weird, yeah, because he's like yeah, you, you do root for him, I think, in this film. You kind of do, even though it's like we're shown this character who presumably was never like a great guy, and we're introduced to him at like rock bottom. Totally. Or seemingly rock bottom, and he just makes it worse and worse. But he's not fully like hateful, you know what I mean? Or or hate worthy. He's like he's still yeah. At I the mean, end of the day, like you just want him to, you want him to succeed. You know, you want him to hit it big. You do, even though I mean, spoiler, he dies in the end. Even though once he dies, it's like I mean, yeah, it was always coming. Like even if he had hit for the one point two million and gotten out of there unscathed and paid back his debt to Arno, it's like that wouldn't have fixed his issues for very long. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. And actually, I noticed it on this watch. Um, the movie sort of foreshadows all this with its introductory scene of, like, the miners in Ethiopia, the African Jews <laughs> yeah. in, in Ethiopia, where the... Like, I didn't really, like, put this together when I first saw it, but, like, um, one of the miners dies, which actually distracts the whole crew. Yeah. an opportunity for those two dudes that are, like, I guess, affiliated with Howard to go and take the black opal from the yes, mines. Yes, kind of unbeknownst yeah. to everyone. So, yeah. it's, so it's like, you know, blood was shed yeah. for this black opal, and yes. blood will be shed for this black opal, or because of this black opal. Yeah, and I mean, the first time I saw the movie, like, I watched trailers, and I knew about the movie, but the first scene, I'm like, oh, we're not, we're not in New York. Like, yeah. what's happening here? That's such a great introduction. What a yeah, and I love that we don't even see specifically what happened with the mining accident. We yeah. just see all this commotion, all this, you know, 
hectic back and forth, which we'll see about two hours of hectic back and forth in this movie. It's it's just so, like chaos. It's so good because it reminded me of like The Exorcist. I don't know mm. if you remember that movie, but it's like yes. it opens with like in Iraq, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, with an expedition. Or or it's almost iterative of like this is the origin of like the curse. And it feels yes. like this is like the cursed opal, right? Yeah. It's in this sort of desert place that's almost like kind of detached from time you know it could be you know this, it could almost be like a thousand years ago almost, yeah you know what i mean like we don't really see a lot of machinery no. um be, this is like mythological shit you know and this is an opal from like you know a thousand thousand year old billion year old opal or whatever well yeah um, how, how he says something to kg he says like oh they say you can see the universe in an yeah, opal or yeah. something there yeah. is some, and you know the movie plays with that idea of like this is a magical yeah thing but really it's a cursed thing right because also apparently in real life kg was very superstitious during his time as a player so even though he never became fixated on opal that is something he brought from his real life like uh superstition Bringing it all together uh, before we go on break. Yeah. I was bumping diamonds from Sierra Leone. Oh, yeah. So hard on the way to school this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good song. Turned it way down when I took a right turn into the <laughs> you turn on, on to that school parking lot. <laughs> you turn on, like, YouTube, NPR, liberal mix, 10 hours. <laughs> Just nodding along to it so people know you agree. Yes. Yeah, or, yeah. like, you pull up bumping Kanye, but you're, like, shaking your head and looking unhappy the whole time yeah. so people know you don't co-sign yeah. it. You're doing the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's go on a quick break, and then we'll dive into this. Ooh, we'll yeah. go through the opal, through <laughs> space-time. Into, co- into Howard's colon. Yeah. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> okay. Nice. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. <laughs> the fuck you doing in my house? <laughs> Alright, so one thing, I mean, that has always jumped out at me about this film is the costume choices. Mm-hmm. They are so specific. Yeah, they are. So amazing. And I remember social media, like in the year building up to this movie, photos of Adam Sandler dressed like we had never seen him before, mm-hmm. walking around New York started appearing and people were like, what is this? Why does he have the fair gamo bell? Why is he wearing all this gaudy clothing? It's it's crazy. Um, So the Safdie brothers did spend a lot of time in the actual Diamond District on 47th Street in New York Mm -hmm. looking at like how these guys dressed. Mm -hmm. Well, often guys. Yeah. uh, Really trustworthy, honest men, it seems. Yeah. And like they noticed like the gold Cartier frames. That's how a lot of them dress. Yeah. Like they love Ferragamo loafers and belts and all the stuff is kind of like almost a bit out of touch with what's actually fashionable in the world at large. Like these guys are a bit trapped in time, yeah. which I think they they really went to an effort to convey with Howie's wardrobe, like the leather jacket he's obviously had for a long time. And like, you know, when he tries to look dripped out at the club where he sees the weekend perform, he's much less cool than everybody around him. And it's like, oh, you are like a tacky middle-aged guy trying to fit in somewhere you don't really belong. So why do you think Julia Fox like loves him so much? Because she seems to, we're meant to believe she genuinely loves this guy, I think. I mean, right? do you, do you think, I mean, George, come on. Think with your big head here. <laughs> listen, dude. I'm thinking with my, with my huge knob right now. <laughs> Because uh, she, she gets a tat, right? I don't know. At the end there, she seems like she's, she has genuine feelings for him, right? I think... I think we're meant to believe she's kind of 
for real into them. Uh, Don't you think? I guess I have a more cynical reading where it's like, everything she says and he says to her should be taken with a huge grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the fact that also his home life has completely crumbled, basically. Yeah. And he's trying to cling to something else. But it's like, uh, yeah, I really don't think those people actually like each other that much. I don't think he does, for sure. Like, definitely seems, like, infatuated um, with with her. But, like, I think for her, like, obviously, I think it started off as, like, you know, just using a rich dude for yeah. his apartment <laughs> and to, like, just... just just to hang and, and not do any work. But, like, um, I think, I don't know, I, I thought by the end of the movie, uh, her sort of innocence about the world, like, like mm. she, she had a sort of innocence, a naivete about her, uh, where it was almost like, maybe she hasn't dated a lot of guys, and, like, this guy... I completely read the character differently. I don't yeah. think there's... I, I don't think there's innocence. I think there are moments of sweetness and almost like simplicity with what could be in their relationship but i don't i think she's aware of what's going on and she's versed in the ways of the world right 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 and is also a manipulator herself even though she's mm-hmm. telling howie like you're so manipulative see i wish the movie would have given us a bit more hints that she was a manipulator or not like like see for me i feel like there wasn't <laughs> enough to, to point me in one direction or another so you think all of her scenes with the weekend were just like somebody who's completely innocent <sighs> i guess so right like yeah. that's very much someone who is aware of yeah. what they can use their sexuality for and how the world works and like how to withhold or not withhold strategically right i guess so. yeah, yeah. And also the fact that she is able to identify, like, this is going to be a big artist, yeah. even though he's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam Sandler's like, he looks fucking stupid. <laughs> Which is very funny coming from Howie. The same damn Canadian. Dude, when Howie puts on the, he switches out the regular Cartiers to put on the tinted Cartiers to go mm-hmm. in the nightclub with, like, the gross pink shirt. That's crazy. <laughs> and that's not even, like, the top ten most depraved moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, apparently they went through, like, dozens and dozens of different variations of pink shirts before the costume designer found the exact one because oh, originally they were like oh are these silk shirts good enough and she's like no it, it doesn't it, it shouldn't be actual silk but it needs to look sweaty and like damp by the end of the scene nice nice <laughs> so i love we were talking it's before this about like some writers are very driven by like research and process mm-hmm. some just go yeah i guess i'm more like research and process and i i love getting hung up on the details mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. this movie has yeah some of my favorite wardrobe choices of any movie and i love reading about all the thought that went into it like for example the camo that the weekend is wearing he was wearing a lot of camo back in 2012 but this was kind of like more more of like a white and black camo, which shows up better in the black light. Mm. But they were going through like his actual pieces that he had from that time. Cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love like a deep dive. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what era is this supposed to be set in? What's this is set in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Yeah. So it is taking place. Um, yeah, I forgot what month. I think spring twenty twelve, but. The series that's going on is a real series yeah. um, that they use footage from. Right, right, right. Uh, as far as we know, there was no magic opal yes. uh, involved in KG's success, but yeah. who knows. Yeah. Um, yeah, and The weekend. I was telling you, The weekend was beginning to do his first solo tour mm-hmm. around that time and actually doing live performances. 
I was telling you, because we both saw The weekend, yeah, in Vancouver, apparently in the same concert, unbeknownst to either of us, that yeah, we in the same concert. Um, it would have been funny if he was just like, Where's that fucking black light? Yeah, <laughs> at the start of that concert, if he was just so like hung up on having movie. a black light. Where's that fucking black light? <laughs> I'm not performing with a black light, dude. Where's my black light pass? Yeah, where's well, we have, you wanted me to dim the ring light, I did want you to, dim yeah, the ring light. yeah, <laughs> um. A oh, ring man. black light? Dude, I, a ring black light would be kind. I lost the tab here, but I was looking at this Reddit thread where someone was like, what do you make of the two weird-looking brothers who are chasing Howie throughout the film? Right. And someone was like, I think they are meant to symbolize death. Interesting. And it's like, I don't think it's that deep. I think they are probably just I, street cats for being unusual-looking guys. I also don't see the death <laughs> symbolism there. I did read... I, I had one symbolic... Uh, reading that I was wondering if you caught um, when Lakeith Stanfield like pours the wine into his fish tank to mm. to fully geek out those fish. <laughs> yeah, they they must have been geeking uh, fully. Um, I think that was meant to be representative of. So later on at like the Hanukkah dinner, they're yeah. talking about the ten plagues of Egypt. Wait, that wouldn't have been Hanukkah though. That was happening in spring. Uh, oh, what were they celebrating then? I don't know. Uh, it, was, it was some Jewish holiday, but it I was a, it's on the Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was a holiday. Um, so they were... Part of my culturally insensitive co-host, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it, what it was then. Um, I, Something to do with the wine? Yeah, anyway. Um, it, so the, the ten plagues of Egypt, one of them is like when the water runs with blood. Right, um, right. So I think that was meant to be a direct reference to like the water running with blood. And I think that Howie, because I think Howie's just like, he's doing completely amoral things. He, yes. His greed is taking over him. He's yes. fucking over everyone around him. Um, I think he, his... His, he's morally wrong. <laughs> yes. And uh, He has a moral center. There's, yeah. And so I think that was meant to be, like, God's sign. Mm. Like, you gotta chill. <laughs> no, I think it was two weird-looking little guys who were chasing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I didn't pick up on that. Um, but like you were saying, he has no moral center or loyalty. And, I mean, early on, you see, like, this guy's crazy. He's wearing, you know, his Knicks ring. He's wearing his Celtics ring. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no allegiance. He's cheating on his wife. It's just, yeah. like, whatever can further his own personal totally. interests. Totally. Yeah. So I think that was, like, the universe, almost, mm. is giving him signs. Yeah. You know, this is not going to end well. And he keeps not, and, like, and taking he has, the off-ramp. Like, four different opportunities in yes. the movie to resolve his problems. Yes. But he keeps digging in. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's doubling down, literally. <laughs> and one thing I noticed with the most recent rewatch is, like, this movie is very frantically paced, right? There's yes. so much overlapping dialogue. Every scene is just crackling with energy. There are always, like, three conversations going on. How he's going from dialogue to dialogue. But there were a few moments where it's, like, the quieter moments that kind of jumped out at me this time. Mm -hmm. Like, during his final interaction with Kevin Garnett, where... Howie is saying, like, do you want to win by one point or 30 points? Like, I've seen you, even when the crowd's booing, like, you still want to win. Like, this is how I win. There's a little look KG gives him where it's like, 
you're a sicko, but like I kind of get what you're about at this point. Yeah. Like almost a kinship. Yeah. Um, after obviously being very annoyed by all of Howie's antics. Yeah. Although KG was kind of annoying, not bringing back Opal. Well, yeah, you know, that's true. Sure. That goes both ways. Um, so and, is, dude, Lakeith Stanfield's character is infuriating. <laughs> yeah, insisting on selling the fake rollies without the proper boxes and papers. <laughs> um, and there was also another moment. So when Howard is at his daughter's play, and obviously he's, his mind is elsewhere and he's being... He's literally pursued. pursued out by the goons. All of his clothing is stripped off. He has to get freed from the trunk of his car and come back in in different clothing. And then he sits down and he's uh, seen in the play this little special effect they do where it's like forced perspective for like coins coming out of his daughter's yeah. shout. He almost has this look where he's like really impressed or interested in it. Yeah. And it's like this stupid little moment, but you can see like there's still traces of his humanity left that like yeah. occasionally shine through yeah i could tell what that was because i also on this watch read that as like lightly anti-semitic too whereas like she's a jewish girl and like i don't know what the fuck this play is right but to have like gold, but then, gold coins coming out of her mouth but then like, semitism to this but it's kind of flipped because howie is jewish and he's continually borrowing money from arno who is not of Jewish origin, and it's kind of being, like, humored in the family. Yeah. Because it's remarked upon by one of the family members, like, oh, he's such a pretender or whatever. Yeah. So I think he's Christian, so it's like... Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just talking about his <laughs> right. reaction to the play. Yeah, I'm not sure. Where, where I was wondering if he was reading that as lightly anti-Semitic. I don't... Where he was like, he huh. looks He looks Because that was happy. his reaction, right? He was like, huh. No, he looked kind of intrigued and happy Exactly, almost. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was wondering if the intrigueness was meant to be ironic at, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I... I, I might have been reading too much. I really that. think his character wouldn't care. I, I viewed it as, like, he's almost kind of dumb or, like, mm -hmm. easily entertained by yeah, some yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and rewatch it. But I, I forgot about a couple of those little details yeah, where yeah. it's, like, some of the more subdued moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um... What else was, uh, uh, dude, on the, so the, the reveal that Arno is, like, in the family yeah. is such a great moment. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Like, uh. <laughs> after the point where, like, okay, who are these two goons chasing him? Mm -hmm. Who is this guy Arno Persistently that, like, chasing him. He owns, he owes all this money to. Yeah. Um, this is, like, kind of the villain, almost, of the movie. Um, and then finally, like, yeah, confronts him at his daughter's <laughs> recital, strips him down, locks yeah. him in the trunk of his car, um, embarrasses... I heard you resurface your pool. Do you know how that makes me feel? <laughs> <laughs> and then in, like, uh, maybe not exactly the next scene, but maybe, like, two A few or three scenes, scenes later. later, we see him at the family dinner and Arno's just yeah. there across from oh, him. Oh, my God. Um, trying to be, like, civil with each other. <laughs> trying to be normal. Is, was such a good twist yeah <laughs> yeah that was such a great layer of a movie that was already so nicely layered yeah. Like, yeah and this is a movie where it's like deliberately overwhelming the way you're thrown in yeah and it's yeah, like yeah. you meet this character as he's having the most chaotic day and you kind of have to put together like okay what are his relationships with like these other merchants yeah. like julia in a store like yeah Non-good standing with his family, like... You're a, you're a fish out of water. Yeah. <laughs> He's, uh... Yeah. 
Fuck, I love this movie. It's uh, I actually had the chance to see this in theaters Ooh. at the very end of 2019. Really? Because it, it was a ne- it's a Netflix original. They had a, did they have a theater run? Very brief. Yeah, uh, I saw this when I was in Victoria. Whoa. I think right before I had to go view an apartment, and I was like all all amped up coming out of the theater. Whoa, that was crazy. Sheesh, dude. How cut? How the un- uncut gems needs an uncut version. <laughs> you didn't get enough gems. <laughs> I was gonna say I feel like this movie is borderline as long as you could possibly bear no, like sure, two hours sure. fifteen minutes. Like at the tempo and the level of stress, because like I just think the name is too perfect not to do. It. <laughs> Uh, like, when movies like American Pie would come out, and it would be like, get the unrated yeah. version. Yeah. It's like slightly more boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Even as a kid watching those commercials, I'm like, yeah, this is a little... Who's getting the unrated version? For sure. For yeah, sure. this doesn't seem worth it. For sure. Um, what would you say is more anxiety-inducing? Good time or uncut jams? Oh, I think uncut jams. Yeah. I, and I think... I what... think uncut by a little bit. I mean, they're both very stressful. Yeah. I think actually it's weird because the first time was very stressful. The second time I watched it, I didn't feel very stressed out. But this time, I just felt it all over again. Right. <laughs> I, think I think it's been a long time since I've watched it, so I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, even knowing how it ends, it's like it's still stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. No, they do it so well, and yeah, I was reading an article that like the Safties like wrote something like forty five pages, Jerry Brothers, of like dialogue just to put as like background dialogue. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually going to ask, what do you think this looked like on the page? Because typically in a screenplay, when you give lines to a character, occasionally it might overlap with another character, but usually it's just one person speaks, then the other person does. But in this scene, when it's like, in this movie, when you have scenes with like five background people all speaking at the same time, I was wondering, like, was it all written? Was some of it improvised? Um, It did feel like a lot of it was improvised, but I got the sense that it was written. I I almost think because I feel like the Safis do often so take non professional actors yeah. for a lot of their roles and kind of like street cast. It's like I don't know. Would you let those people improvise? You might have to end up doing so many different takes. So I I feel like a lot of it was written because they're so deliberate and everything else. Um, yeah, I, I would assume that it was written. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think of the very distinctive score? Delivered by Daniel Lopetain of One O Tricks Point Never. Dude, I fucking adore it. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's such a vibe. I like it when a score almost feels like it's from a different movie, and yeah. it's kind of like a, a contrast to what's happening here. Did they use there, there wasn't theremin, I guess, or was there a theremin? It, it just felt very theremin-y, all kind of like. 80s and ethereal yeah. almost yeah it was just a little bit spacey there was so yeah it was so spacey twinkling right? would you say it was twinkling at times definitely twinkling yeah. especially when it showed the the opal right yeah <laughs> um and then also some great use of period accurate music like the weekend performing uh the morning mm-hmm. we had uh lakeith stanfield's character listening to type of way in mm-hmm. his car mm-hmm. Uh, we had a great use of Billy Joel's The Stranger. Oh, yeah. As... I really like that moment, actually, in the car ride from the family, like, holiday dinner when Howie's like, I need to look at the apartment for something. Just make sure Julia Fox is out. And there's kind of, like... I wouldn't say there's any hope of reconciliation between him and Dina, his wife, but there's almost, like... 
there's almost like a relaxation you can mm-hmm. see a little bit with her now it's like it's all out in the open yeah she's kind of fully accepted this guy's an irredeemable piece of shit it's mm-hmm. kind of like no more pretense he's admitting hey the apartment exists i'm gonna check it right yeah i wasn't sh- actually sure what to make of that moment because um yeah because that's an interesting reading of it but he was still hiding it from the kids, right? Yes. Because I think they knew the apartment exists. Because uh, I think yes. that wouldn't have been like he has a set. That, that seemed, didn't seem to be a surprise to the kids. But it, he did still want to conceal the fact that, you know, he went to great lengths, obviously, yes. to conceal from his son that she, uh, the fact that she was living there. So, because he made him, like, take a shit in that guy's Yeah. It's <laughs> like, so, don't listen to what that cokehead has to say. Yeah. <laughs> fucking cokehead. Who's the hot chick in <laughs> yeah. the apartment, Dad? <laughs> never speak about that again yeah <laughs> never speak about this to anyone <laughs> um so to me i almost read that as like maybe she thinks maybe she realizes that he's like kicked her out and he's like checking in and she almost has a moment of like oh maybe he's like starting to get his shit together finally i see that's not how i read it i read it as like it's completely over but there's kind of just peace in accepting that because the conversation before she's like you're disgusting you're the most annoying fucking person i've ever met like i never want to see your face again yes basically touch you so yeah i think it is kind of just like it's over for sure right yeah to me this was like he's actually doing he's he's actually like going through on something he's Mm. said he's like i'm gonna kick her out i'm gonna get rid of her Mm. but he's actually doing it and maybe, hmm. and to me, that made, I think that made her go like, oh, shit, mm. a little bit. Like, maybe he is fucking getting his shit together. Because mm. um, that was a bit of, like, a high point almost for him in the movie. That was a little bit of a higher bump, I think, for him in the movie, right? Where it was like, uh, he just, I think he just, um, I think things were looking up for, for some reason at that point for him. And, right. you, and you almost felt like as a viewer, or at least I think I felt as a viewer, like, oh, things might be, like, on the up and up for this guy at this point. Um, things seem to be going okay. And then things obviously go right. downhill like immediately after, I think. Right, because he, yeah, takes the money that he should have just given immediately yeah. to Arno. Yeah. After a whole oh, yeah, it was right convoluted before. attempt to yeah. sell the Opal for a lot more than it was actually evaluated at. That's what it was. It was, I think he was just about to go into the auction and he was like, I'm going to, you know, it's all good. I'm going to make a million bucks and yeah. uh, everything's fine. So I think as a viewer, you were meant to go like, things are, mm. things are going to be okay. Okay. So I think they're taking us for a ride. Mm. Yeah. That was my interpretation of it. Gotcha. And I think they're really good about taking us for a ride here, right? Like, I, I definitely did feel taken for a ride. <laughs> literally a roller coaster. Yeah. Of like, oh shit, things are going okay. Going okay. <laughs> oh, fuck, like they've never been worse. Yeah. Um, they do that so fucking well. Like, um, and yeah, as you said, like the pace is just nonstop. Like it's pretty unrelenting. Uh, very like purposefully nonstop. And I think, um, cause you talked about those two twins that, uh, that <laughs> arise. Maybe the specters of death, but I don't think so. I think it's lit- not that I, deep. I think literally they're just an addition to make it feel like there's, he's got so much shit going on. Yes. I, I think literally they're just there as like, here's another thing he's got. Yes. And it's like, these are the least important people in his life, but still they're fucking after him it's like yeah they're definitely less intimidating than the goons arno has but still they're there yeah it's just like he's wronged so many people 
and he's, you know, doing things like passing off fake watches to try to pacify them. Yeah. And yeah. It's just, yeah. It's showing like the unsustainability of his lifestyle. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. People on Reddit, man. They're always trying to get points for being smart. Yeah. They don't always come through with the gems. No. <laughs> their taints are always I think gems. that gem would not be valued very highly at an auction. A lot of their shit should be cut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of their ideas. Uh, um, what did you think about Kevin Garnett's performance? I thought he was fantastic. That was great. Yeah. 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 I, very, like, he looked like a big, big oaf who is, like, swindled by this, by this dude, almost. Yeah. Um, or, or swept away, let's say. He, was, I, he truly I, was swept away. I was going to say swept away, because I don't think he was really swindled. No, not swindled, not but swindled. That was a bad... He was... I, that's not what I meant. I meant swept he was, away. Yeah, caught up in kind of how his narrative yeah. and the mythology he built around yeah. Opal, yeah. and then... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, he, he really, like, yeah, sold that, I think. Of yeah, like, totally. Someone who truly believes in like the magic of the opal, and like he'll do anything he wants to. I, I also really like the moment between him and I don't know if it was his handler or his wife or or a girlfriend or something when they were at the auction, and it was just a little moment. I think the camera is like behind them, um, and she's sort of going like, "Don't like bet on this." Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, "Oh, but baby, like." <laughs> come on <laughs> it's the opal yeah it's so painful when the auction goes wrong yeah dude oh, god yeah, holy shit and then he's like uh can i have it back though i'll wire you the money plus the 30k i'll yeah, take a yeah, few weeks yeah. but i need it back yeah it's like yeah. you're such a fucking loser yeah yeah <laughs> it's insane <laughs> um oh you were asking me what was the parlay bet that he made yes yes so also, the Mohegan Sun did not have a sports book in 2012. That's a little slip up the Safties made. Wait, before I forget, <laughs> I actually I found a continuity error. Yeah. Uh, which is that, or like a plot kind of error, uh, which is that apparently, like something like 90 or 95% of the world's opals are mined out of like Australia. So, like, oh. this definitely would not have come from Ethiopia. Like, that would have been weird. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Australia. Yeah. That's a harder mythology to build around it, though. Yes. I feel like it's yes. more, more mysterious if it comes from Ethiopia. No, it's very right. interesting. Yeah. Um, so the bet he made, I believe, was a three-leg parlay. So these three things need to happen. So <laughs> betting on the tip-off of the game, literally the first action to occur in the entire game, where if that goes wrong, your whole bet is blown and you're out hundreds of thousands... It's insane. It's insane. Dude, I love this. This is like, you ever see that GQ channel where it's like, a real... Yeah, dude, I'm addicted to that. <laughs> a real coroner breaks down, like, it's coroner like, scenes in movies. I feel like we're in... I feel like I'm in that show right now where it's like... Dude, I've watched so many of those. A real gambling degenerate I, breaks down. I, I, I think that's how I found out about Jocko for the first time. Oh, I was watching like, a real... Watching a real Navy SEAL break down, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, who is this guy? Why is his neck so wide? Why is he talking like that? <laughs> Watch the like GQ video? Good. I would like to go into Jocko's neck like we go into Adam Sandler's colon. <laughs> it would just be complete blackness. There would be no jam inside. Um, okay, so we bet uh, Garnett to win the tip-off. Then he bet 
Garnett to get, I think, 28 points um, mm-hmm. between, like, baskets and rebounds. Is that a lot, you think? Is that like uh, a, It's a fair bit, it's fair. I think. Yeah, if he was anticipating Garnett, would have a very good performance. It's a stretch. Because that was our whole hype beforehand where he's like, you and I know how well you're going to do tonight. Nobody else knows it. Yes. The books don't know it. Yes. Um, and then he bet on the Celtics to win the game in yes. the series overall. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. So that's not like that crazy in the bet. Is, well, it's insane that you would put like tip off yeah, yeah. on that. Tip off is crazy. Yeah. Uh, I would argue. Yeah. The other thing's not as crazy, but when done all together, it's right. like that is wild. I guess also would a sports book actually take that much action from a single customer with like a sticky note? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Everything I've heard about like actual like professional sports gamblers, they're not ever making a bet that big on any one outcome. Yeah. Um KG. and a lot of books would be not even taking a bet that big from you, mm-hmm. but I guess if we're if we're supposed to believe if we can suspend disbelief. Um, so yeah, that was his bet. And I forget. So we had an earlier bet, the one that was actually canceled by Arnell. Yes. Who <laughs> went to the book and was like, no. <laughs> and that was like a six-leg parlay. I was a little hazy on what he was betting there. Uh-huh. But I do love, I do love the idea of going into a functioning restaurant where your bookie is <laughs> saying stuff to the chefs. <laughs> and you have this little envelope of money with like, Pencil chicken scratch on yeah, it, yeah, you yeah, hand yeah, it over. Yeah. That's so much better than logging on to bodog.com. Yes. <laughs> yes, there's a romance to that, for sure. <laughs> or uh, sports interaction, if yes. you're Nick, friend of the pod. Sports interaction. <laughs> the funniest fucking name. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, damn, I want to interact with some yeah. sports. <laughs> I want everything to just be interaction. Yeah. Jack off interaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's immediately where your mind went. <laughs> Yeah, like, you can either interact with sports or jacking off. <laughs> news interaction. <laughs> Fox News interaction. Yeah, I caught you watching a Fox News snippet about how Harvard students feel. Yeah, man. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> they go to Harvard, they'll be fine. I literally geeked out like Nemo. Yeah, you were lost. I had to find you again. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate you. Um, I was mentioning earlier, this is like... I'm gonna call you P.E. Like, he calls KG. Yeah. P.E. I feel like KG just sounds way cooler than yeah. P.E. KG so good. Because you need two consonants, is, I think. Yes. With some um, plosives. Well, you got a plosive, but... Yeah. Uh, I was mentioning, this is like one of my favorite movies as far as costuming goes. Yeah. Do you have anything that sticks out in your head as like... Yes. That fits in this movie, like either appeal to you so much or just like make sense for the characters that you think is very well done i don't know i think literally everyone like i loved edina menzel's fits actually yeah. she just seems so like upper class housewife yes it was perfect but also a little bit like tacky yeah as yeah, well. a tacky. yeah i love the tacky sorry with my question i meant like other movies other like movies. what uh, or there are there like tv shows or something where you think like they really nailed all the clothing in this a good question. Um, I'll get back to you. Okay. After the break. After you frantically look it up <laughs> in your notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Movies. After you, uh, what's the million Movies dollar, with clothes. Uh, phone a friend. Yeah. yeah. You use one of your lifelines. <laughs> Who would I call for that? I mean, you'd probably be the friend. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll just talk about it. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. I'll folks. call you from the bathroom. I'll <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Yo. So, you've given my question 
oodles of thought, I can tell. Yes, I have. A lot of pressure. Alright. Everyone wants to know. Alright. Harry Potter. Okay. I just think that's what wizards would wear. Yeah, it seems authentic. Like, yeah. J.K. Rowling did a lot of research, a lot of location scouting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cast a lot of real wizards, actually, in some of the background <laughs> roles. I noticed that. A lot of real goblins. A lot of real goblins. elves, yeah. Yes, Tower the Creator. That high. <laughs> yeah, as one Goblin. of the goblins was, uh, was a good choice. Damn. <laughs> as, wait, who was I, who was I talking about? This? I think my buddy Chris, the meme where it's like, Harry Potter wasn't actually set in the 90s because, like, the time period's up in the air, right? It's never specified. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't believe that Harry Potter was set in the 90s because nobody was talking about the run the Chicago Bulls were on. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I do wish, like, we got more, like, just, like, regular-ass, normal person conversations between the wizards talking Mm. about, like, muggle affairs. Right. More, like, Tarantino-esque hangouts where they talk about whether they tip or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You tip for the (laughs) butterbeer? Yeah, man. That would have been nice to see. Because they were always talking about wizard bullshit. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, and, like, Quidditch and stuff. I... I feel like there was, like, a subculture of wizards that were just into, like, muggle shit. Right. Muggle paraphernalia. Yeah, because I guess we're only seeing the subset of wizards that are fully dedicated to... But there have to be casuals. Yeah. There have to be people being like, what's the easiest potions class I can take to graduate? (laughs) Like, there must be slacker wizards, right? Yeah. 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 I want to meet, like, the Richard Linklater smoking pot kind of hangout wizards. Exactly. Um, I thought of another answer for costumes. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I always bring it back to Michael Mann, but he's, like, very exacting with the suits a lot of his characters wear, and will go to, like, specific tailors that he's worked with, and I think he does a good job of showing how characters can deliberately dress in a way to blend in, Mm -hmm. but, like, the clothing also serves a purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um... Which is sometimes what I think about when I'm like, okay, I'm trying to be norm for it today. I'm trying to blend in. Uh-huh. But like, I need to be tactical, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I gotta be honest. I, like, rarely think very deeply about the costuming in movies. Like, I just sort of take it at face value. Yeah. Like, I might notice it. You know what? No. I've never, like, I, been... I've, I've literally never been like, I don't buy that. Actually, I had a moment like that recently. Yeah. It might not shock you to know that I'm obsessed with the details. I know. The bear. Season two of The Bear really pissed me off because I'm supposed to believe that these, like, working class chefs in Chicago... supposed to believe these bears wear pants and cook? What the fuck? It wouldn't fit. The buttons (laughs) wouldn't close. But no, it's like, I don't believe for a second that the gifting of a monogrammed custom Tom Brown chef's whites to another character... As you're opening a restaurant that has made zero dollars so far uh-huh. and will continue to be in the red for a long time, you're really going to get custom designer to gift to your head chef? Mm. I don't fucking believe that for a moment. Mm. And I think it's one thing where the main character, Carmi, is shown to be kind of a hype beast who's, like, selling specific curated pieces, like, fun restaurants. And, like, in one of the flashback episodes, they have him in a... Um, the Polo and Palace collaboration, one of those shirts. I'm like... I can kind of buy that, mm-hmm. but we're supposed to believe everybody at this restaurant is into designer. Yeah. I just didn't buy that for a second. I felt like really egregious product placement mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah. fuck off. Like there's no way that would happen. I overheard a student today bemoaning how like badly, uh, 
kids his age dress. Oh. And how, like, his favorite brand is polo. Um, nice. And, and this girl he was trying to resemble was like, I love polo on guys. Ben <laughs> had polo. <laughs> Dude, it was sick. Yeah, he's a low life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Polo is just one of those things where it's, like, it's always been cool. Yeah. Um, and I guess you could say, like, the quality has perhaps fallen off with a lot of their pieces. But still, I mean, I think it's still something that, like, most people have a few pieces in their, yeah. in their wardrobe. Absolutely. Whether or not they're big uh, heads or not. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking of a, uh, a friend we used to have in elementary school who we called Big Head. I think I, don't know, I, think I told You're you You're like, story. yeah, this guy killed himself. <laughs> it might have been because of that. I think I might have told you. I don't, I don't remember if I told you the story, but me and uh, the, the squad went over to his house. You know, you, you always go to your friend. I don't know. Well, we lived in like a co-op, like a neighborhood. Mm. Um, and we'd always like go knock on our friend's doors like, can blank come out? Yeah. Um, that was like our thing. Yo, can football head come out? <laughs> yeah. <Hey> Arnold. <laughs> so we literally went to Big Head's house and we were like, can, my friend was like, can Big Head, I mean, Nicola come out and then his mom like almost <laughs> was like, who have Big Head? You have Big Head. Yo. And she slammed the door on him. That's so funny. That so sick. <laughs> Knocking again. Yeah. Hey, we're still here. <laughs> we need another person to get this game of tag going. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, a game of grounders or uh, maybe Mindhunt. <coughs> we used to fuck heavy with that. A game of Mindhunter? <laughs> where you tried to figure out who was the killer. Manhunter. <laughs> um, do you have any students? <laughs> this is such a weird question. Do you have any students where you look at the way they dress and you're like, if you just learned to dress normal, you'd be way more popular? Oh, here's the thing. Or do all Zoomers just dress so weird that you're like, I don't fucking know who's doing this right or not. It's kind of more leaning towards that. <laughs> and I don't even know if kids care about drip like that. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say how much, like, in-group, out-group stuff there is with, like, clothes. Like, mm. I feel like when I was in high school, that wasn't really a part of anything. <clears throat> like, if you were cool, it didn't really matter what fuck you were wearing i mean right it, 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 i mean mostly it overlapped where if you were cool you you kind of knew what the cool stuff was or cool you were maybe set was. like other people were looking to you set the trend maybe but you could be a cool person and have no fat like i I've, i knew people in high school who like had no fashion sense right and still don't and like, yeah we're pretty cool we're pretty popular well like huh. i don't know huh but yeah i wonder with kids now yeah there's a lot well, I'm in my theories now, so it doesn't matter to me what the Zoomers are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm also looking forward to becoming more and more out of touch in my 30s. Yeah. I think I've learned all, like, the progressive ideas I'm ever going to learn. Mm -hmm. I've learned all the trends. I'm just going to slowly phase out of yeah. mainstream society. Yeah. yeah I'm ready yeah. to become more and more fringe. Yeah. <laughs> which I feel like this podcast also really helps us <laughs> with that with that goal. Um, what's the Seinfeld joke that's like, Older men, they just dress like the last good year of their life, yes. and then they walk in with that, and they <laughs> never change. That's exactly what I was just thinking of. Or um, maybe it's not even a joke that he came up with. I, I feel like I've heard that in a few places. When that kid was talking about how much he likes polo, um, he was talking about how, like, he, he loves how his dad dresses, and like, okay. his dad is, like, a lawyer, and he dresses in, like, designer mm. suits and stuff. Um, and he was like, yeah, like, I want to dress like that, like, when I'm older. Okay. Um, and all I was thinking about was the Kanye line. <laughs> These yeah. wear suits because they can't dress no more. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Kanye 
perhaps coked out his mind dressing like an Albanian flag ranting on Instagram. I don't know if he really knows how to dress anymore. Dude, I was, th- <laughs> I was thinking about what I said about Julia Fox and how yeah. like, I think she truly loves Howard. Yeah. And, man, I'm... I, 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 went, I, I was just thinking about that when I was pissing in the bathroom, and I was like, dude, I would fully be Howard in right. that scenario. Right. I would fully be had by Julia Fox. Right. Like, I would, I would believe her at face well, value. Well, George, <laughs> this goes back to, like, you as a writer, you were saying you're more inclined to just run with an idea, whereas I'm more process and research-oriented. Right. You know, for in order to convincingly write the book I've been writing, I really had to do a lot of... I really had to immerse myself in... Years of alcohol and manipulative yes. women to properly <laughs> understand these subjects, you know, and get into the mind of this character. Gonzo so, journalism, yeah. Yeah, I, it was exhaustive, but I really, I really did it all. So, yeah, no, I, I can see with her, obviously, what the allure would be, but also it's like, that is not going to be a relationship that lasts, and obviously you see a lot of uh, crumbles in the facade. I, yeah, I believe Julia Fox loves... Howard, I believe Vultures is going to come out. <laughs> right. I, I, I just what can, hey George, I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I found these magic beans. Do you want to buy them? I'm a dreamer. <laughs> I would. This is why I would. I would get sucked into a cult for like one day, and you wouldn't. Right. This is the difference. You would attend orientation. What's the yeah. difference between me and you? <laughs> you talk a good one, but you don't do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like. Yeah, I think there's a healthy amount of distrust to have sometimes. Oh, yeah. For sure. But you should also know when to trust people. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, does that about do it for Uncut Gems? I don't know, man. I think I so. Feel like, I felt like we were going to talk for three hours, but then sometimes we just agree a movie is really good. <laughs> and there's not too much more to say. Yeah. No. Um, I love... I think it was watched for about six million hours during okay. the study, by the way. Good. Which is still... Years yeah. or maybe like a year or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want like a six. You know how YouTube has like a ten hour mix. Yeah, I want just like a six thousand hour mix of uncut gems. <laughs> Watching uncut gems until I die of a stress induced aneurysm. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The Safties just really capture this energy where it's like too much is happening. You really want to break. You really want to slow down, but you're dying to know what happens to this character. It's lightning in a bottle. It know. is. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the weekend was hilarious. Yeah. I so I was we, gonna say uh, about Tedros. Tedros himself. himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his his acting here is pretty minimal. Like he doesn't get much to do. But I think he's. I think he's convincing as a corny, uh, horny coke fiend. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> I, I feel as if he may have done the prerequisite <laughs> research to really embody this. As a black light lover? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, fucking the end. How did you feel when you first saw the ending? Let me ask you that. I felt like it was a very appropriate end, but I did feel kind of devastated at the same time. Yeah, it is so devastating, right? But it's like because because again they do the roller coaster thing where yeah. it's like um, he wins it's it's you know such a long time coming he yeah. got, finally got that big W that he's been trying to get this entire movie that's literally going to fix all of his problems and yeah. what happens he's been antagonizing this goon the entire yeah. time stunting on him while he's been in the fucking booth 
the yeah, yeah, in between the two buzzer doors. The purgatory. <laughs> Not a fun place to be trapped. Buzzer doors. And Looks very sweaty in there. As soon as he gets out, he shoots Arno and he shoots. Howard yeah, he shoots Howard first, first and he shoots Arno a moment later. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I kind of like the contrast of like how grandiose Howard's plan was and how it paid off. And then ultimately he's just killed by two people who end up doing like a smash and grab. Exactly. Like the most primitive, exactly. violent thing possible. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, Howard dies at, like, the absolute peak of emotion. Yeah. I think you could argue, yeah, that would probably be the happiest moment he's ever going to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was perfect. He died doing what he loved. <laughs> Venus is generous. <laughs> that was perfect. I love that they just, there was no lead up. And there, I also... There, there was no suspense. It was just pure shock. I also really like, so the final shot is kind of a mirror of a shot we get early in the film, where yeah. we're descending... Instead of this time... Into the opal. Yeah. And then so we're descending into Howard's uh, bullet wound, which is, I think, under his eye. Yeah. Arguably a very small... Well, maybe a small entrance wound. It's anyway, like whatever. nine millimeter, but... Yeah. I mean, I think whatever. any millimeter through the dome would... Uh, Create a bit of mess. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so we descend into the wound, and then we're seeing this kind of CGI inside an opal, inside mm-hmm. time and space... And then finally we exit just into what appears to be outer space. We get the credits. We get another banger song. It's almost like, so my reading of that is, um, uh, hold on. I don't want to make <laughs> Does it involve I, I don't twins. Make, I don't want to make this sound racist, but it's just like the diamonds are in his blood almost. You know what I mean? It's oh, like sure. Yeah. He, he, like his, his, this specific person's blood. No, I um, think you could say this person is so consumed by greed yeah. and materialism that yeah. they're, uh, literal physiology yeah. is yes. yeah, commerce and yeah. Yes. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I try to good. dress up whenever George gets uh, a little too Kanye ish here. No, I completely yeah, agree. Yeah. I think it's showing the inseparability of him from greed and yeah, yeah, yeah. materials. And the idea that you can see the world in the diamonds. Yeah. Literally to him, this is the world. Yeah. This is his whole world. Actually, you know what I was thinking about a lot when I was watching this movie? So, you might notice I'm not actually wearing the gold chain I always wear, because a couple days ago, I woke up and it had caught on, like, the back of a uh, an A-frame tank I was wearing oh, uh, to bed, and I kind of, like, yanked it, and it snapped one of the uh, loops very close to, like, where it's supposed to clasp. Yeah. So, I need to go get it fixed, so I'm trying to find the right jeweler to do it, mm. and I'm like... I want to go to a crazy place where they have to buzz me in through multiple doors and then, like, I leave and they're trying to pawn it immediately. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I've also, um, I've also been watching this Instagram channel that I think it was Eric who showed me. Shouts out, Eric. We've been very fascinated with this channel where it is two guys running, you know, a diamond shop like this in New York mm. and just the different customers they get off the street and they'll be like, hey, we're going to get visited by whoever let's see what he's about and they always like really ball bust whoever their customer is oh, yeah. and it's always like the skeeziest back and forth negotiations where it's like mm. the guy's trying to whittle down to like 10 grand for this like specific rolex date just or whatever but it's like so much trash talking on behalf of the merchants and the customer nice and one of the younger guys always like drinking coffee out of a cup with no lid <laughs> it rocks I love I, drinking coffee out of a cup with no sleeve, no lid. Yeah. My, I, that's, my, that's my 
coffee style. Have you noticed in movies, like, detectives will always drink coffee with yes. real lids? But, like, they're um, in such a rush, they can't afford one extra yes. second. Yes, yeah. But, yeah, I, I like coffee with no lid, too. Yeah. I like no sleep, too. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to feel something. <laughs> Dude, I do literally try to stun on people sometimes where I'll, like, I'll... I'm kind of alpha-dogging them when I'm, like, I don't need to fucking sleep. And I just hold the cup. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're and like, I don't need a cup. Just pour it in me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people will go, like, isn't that a thing that gets hot? I'm just like, Yeah. It is. <laughs> You're like, it really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guy. Next question. Yeah, yeah it's fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I take a coffee into a sauna one time. Because I always drink, drink cold water in the sauna. I want to see what it's like. Yeah, I wonder why ass. you drink cold water. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have to gain by drinking something hot? It's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> Are you trying to kill yourself? Well, is it, which, isn't it the Swedes that are like, that say like you gotta drink hot liquids on hot. No, no, no. It's it's the the Chinese culture, I believe, okay. or, the, or the Asian cultures. That look, unless Doctor Rhonda liquids. Patrick said it, or Rhonda, <laughs> yeah, 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 Rhonda Patrick. Yeah, 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 Rhonda Rhonda Patrick. Patrick. yeah. Unless she said it to an in, an uncomprehending Rogan. Yes. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was watching a clip where it's like this guy is so unable to follow the most blatant points being constructed in stories. Like, oh yeah, yeah his yeah. lack of grasp of conversations is truly astounding for the biggest podcaster it does depend on how drunk he is and how because he can follow sometimes some very complex shit mm, okay that's that he like converse at 10th grade level <laughs> okay <laughs> the cliff i saw him was uh yeah i don't know not great okay 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 um yeah Oh, yeah, but anyway, the belief is that, like, you have to drink hot liquids, like, mm. hot tea on, like, a hot day, because that regulates your body temperature in a certain way. Hmm. So, I don't know. I'm going to need to see some science yeah. on this. Yeah. I'm going to need to believe the science here. I'll have it on your desk by fucking... By Christmas. By, yeah. <laughs> 2027. Um... Oh, I was thinking about... By whatever like... holiday they were celebrating. Yeah, which is... Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I wish I'd written that in my notes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking like... Oh, it was Easter. Fucking Easter. Of course. Yes. They I would, believe so. Because they were, I think the... In the spring. Yeah. The, yeah, because they were talking about the plagues. I think that all happened yes. Easter time. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listeners, let us know if we're way off base there. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen a lot of memes this episode. I saw a meme where it's like, what do you mean, learn to code? I was meant to be an 80s video store clerk recommending scary movies to, like, the local neighborhood kids. Or, a, or a, a radio station person gets too close to a mystery unfolding. Yeah. And I'm like, both of those sound like great careers. Recommending scary movies to, like, young kids. Almost. I feel like we would both excel at that. Yeah. Seeing, like, video store clerks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What if we opened up a video store right now? I think that would be a great market to get into now that everybody else has gone out of business doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> it cleans the slate. Yes. What if in one part we sold jewelry, mm-hmm. fake jewelry, yeah. and then we did like Blockbuster in the other part? Oh, yeah. You can get a Rolex with no papers and... Uh... Yeah. And a copy of Interstellar with no papers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Us. I love the part about like Rolexes with no papers. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like all the jewelry selling is like very questionable. 
Oh, yeah. Except, yeah. I like the detail, which I, I don't know, maybe I just noticed it more this time, about him, like, being one of the first jewelers, like, 20 years ago to, like, um, like, I think he was on the cutting edge of something, and he was, like, affiliated with rappers for a while, right? I think when he's showing off the to, like, Furby the chain, or the Furby, yeah. He's, yeah, I think he's talking about being one of the pioneers of, like, ice out chains, essentially, yeah. or, like, super ridiculous kind of pop culture referencing chains. Which is cool. I like that he, there is this, like, mythology about him, or this lore about him at one point yeah. being a big name and actually, like, very with it. Well, here's the thing. Do you think he's making all that up? <laughs> Do you think that's part of just his fake origin story? That's, or do you think that's actually meant to be true? That is a good question. I think it's meant to be true because he is very successful. Right, And he I is, think yes. he's trying to maintain that level of success throughout the true. Movie, which is the problem. I think he's lost it, which is, I think, yes. all the... Um, he's fallen off, you know? I, uh, and I think that's Through all... Through his crippling gambling addiction. And he's frozen in time yes. in that era when he was successful. True. Um, yeah. All his shit is gaudy and yeah, Kevin's super gaudy. KG yeah. uh, doesn't like any of his shit when he comes into a store. Yes. He's unimpressed because he's, <laughs> he's not with it anymore. He doesn't know what people like today. This but, is very true. But he did at one point, I think. True, yeah. So he did have his finger on the pulse. Yeah. Like how we knew what kind of podcast people wanted in 2023, but next year we're going to fall off. Yeah. What do you think we're going to fall off? <laughs> do you think that'll be it? That's a serious question. <laughs> Do you think that would be a commonly agreed upon point as like, nah, they lost it? Yeah, yeah. I kind of hope there is, and then there's a contingent of people that are like, no, I don't think so. Like, I like Oh, this. like an argument. I yeah. yeah, I want a little schism in the ah. fan base. Or like newer, younger fans who are so naive that they're like, no, the 2025 yeah. era is actually the best, and the day ones yeah. are like, these guys are so lost. That's the thing, I want eras. Yeah. The eras tour. Like, I was going to say, like, our uh, beloved Taylor Swift, who yes. I try to avoid talking about at parties so I don't become a battle, but somehow don't succeed at that. <laughs> me and you both, brother. Me and the, uh, me and the staff room. Um, all day. I've uh, been reading more posts on Gaylor Swift, you know? Yeah. Maybe not at the same frequency I was a couple weeks back, yeah. but... It's for the best. Sometimes you just find these internet subcultures that are so fascinating. It's like, I don't agree with anything that's being said. But I'm very interested that people are saying it. No, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's the thing. And I don't know. Me and you have always talked about, like, the idea that you don't have to agree with shit that you like. You right. Know? Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, a big pro- sure. I'm a big proponent of that. Yeah. That you, you can watch something. You don't, have to, you don't have to agree with what they're saying to enjoy it. No, no. For sure. No, I think we've always had a, ser- a certain libertarian je ne sais quoi to this podcast. <laughs> yes. No, it's uh, definitely. I feel like Reddit does a really good job of like funneling you into these communities where it's like, wow, I had no idea so many people felt this way. I'm like, yeah. I don't see eye to eye with them, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. And then it's weird. And then sometimes like it's so strange because then you go out into the world and you're like because you you know you're scrolling through reddit all evening kind of thing yeah um and that's like your whole evening (laughs) and then you go into like the workforce and you're like wait there's just normal people walking around though like you know what i mean it's like certain discussions are so prevalent and inescapable online as soon as you go inside it's like people are just normal generally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because you go online and you're like, holy shit, this is what everyone is saying. Right. You know? You go on one subreddit, you're like, I guess everyone fucking feels this way. Yeah. 
when you got into the world for like a second, you're like, wait a minute, fucking no one. Yeah, it's like this is not <laughs> nearly as ubiquitous as yeah. I thought. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like there are certain like quote unquote culture war topics where it's like yeah. you can become so embroiled in them online, but I mean, you rarely go to, you know, a workplace or a social event and people are discussing these things with the same fervor. <laughs> totally, totally. Except for when you bring it up in the lunchroom. Vultures is dropping. <laughs> <laughs> Apropos of nothing, it's just dead quiet. The, the Vultures is dropping, that's my, <laughs> yeah. that's my tick. <laughs> You're sitting away from everyone back to them, <laughs> looking out the window. I was going to say, there's... um. And leave the world behind. They do a not very good interpretation of the horror movie trope of like little girl has a creepy stare. Oh. I imagine that's what you were looking like as you said. Vultures is dropping. <laughs> I actually think in Don't Leave the World Behind or Leave the World Behind, they deliberately cast a girl to look like the girl in Hereditary a bit. Okay. I think that was like their reference for casting. They were like crank this down by twenty percent, mm-hmm. but keep keep some of that same energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just start, like, scribbling on, like, a piece of paper. Like, that yeah. movie Knowing. You ever watch that Nicolas Cage movie? <laughs> oh. I mean, I feel like I've seen, like, a dozen versions of that trope. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, I haven't seen Knowing. Yeah, Knowing. It's in one of the 500 movies Nicolas Cage has done by now. He, like, starts predicting future oh. catastrophes that start huh. happening. Yeah. Like, I, vul- like vultures dropping. <laughs> dude. I would be so annoyed if I suddenly got powers in a movie like that. I would yeah. hate having that. Like, what powers. the fuck am I supposed to do with this? What do you want? What now it's a whole thing. It's a... Yeah. Oh, man. You just want to enjoy a sweet treat. I, I truly just want to have a sweet treat. And move on. <laughs> yeah. Now you have to just know that there's going to be a... Yeah. I'm done knowing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just vibes from here on in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we don't actually know what we're doing next week. <laughs> we, it's we're some, the opposite of we're knowing. Gonna, yeah, we need someone to get this power where they know. We're no Nick Cage. Um, but we're going to do something Christmassy, right? Well, I was suggesting Klaus, which I think I will cool. actually show to my classes. <laughs> well, I would love to be treated like a Zoomer student. Yeah. So. Or, actually, have you seen The Happiest Season? No. That's a legit... So, I already disagree with the title. That's a legitimately <laughs> good queer... Okay. Christmas. Oh, was that with Case Two? Classic. No, yes, that was Case Two. That was Prime, though, right? I don't, I don't know. know. It's a. It's a oh, it's Netflix. I'm almost certain it's another. It's an OG. Um, okay, if it is Netflix, then let's watch it. Definitely that. on Netflix. I'm oh, almost convinced okay. that's an original. Have you seen that one? No. It was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. I legitimately failing like that. Let's do Klaus. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay, so one of those two things, folks, and then I think we'll do. Leave the world behind as we leave 2023 behind. Yes. Um, yeah. Actually, I think we should keep that party going. Let's keep 2023 going. Like like a Drake beat. <laughs> <laughs> they slowly just fade us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be funny. If we had a New Year's party and like, I don't accept it. I'm, I'm not moving forward with you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm staying here. Like, you know how you say you're just going to get stuck in your mindset? Yeah. Now? Yeah, yeah. You're just going to freeze yourself here. You're just going to cryo-freeze. Yeah. I kind of just want to keep... I just want every year to be 2023, I think. I'm ready to go on to 2024. I do want to see what happens with the U.S. election. Okay. That's fair. Um, yeah. I, I recently placed a small wager 
A parlay? A three-way parlay? No, no, just a single bat. Tip-off? Biden so, versus Trump? <laughs> so you can, Trump would get that tip-off for sure. Dude, so you can bet on, like, all sorts of politics shit. Yeah. And if you're betting on the person to, like, become a certain seat in a riding, it's like, you need to go to court order Gamblers Anonymous. But anyway, I bet on Trump to beat the charges of election fraud or tampering in the state of Georgia. Okay. Specifically. <laughs> okay. One of several Trump bets you could do, and it's like, there's no guaranteed end date, I don't think. Like, that could be uh-huh. ongoing. So it's like, who knows how long from now I could receive a little bit of money on the basis of that. Holy shit. And it's not even like I personally want him to beat that charge. Yes. I just feel like he's going to. You're just following the money. Uh, Teflon Don. Yeah. Well, no, I've I've seen a few of his uh, speeches recently. Mm-hmm. Let him cook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, not saying that I necessarily endorse all his politics, but I'm saying as a persona, yeah. I think he's, he's back in the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's cooking. He's cooking. Um, all right. Whoa. That's it, dude. That's that's perfect timing. Right yeah. There. I I think we're going to get out of here. So, uh-huh. all right. Stay safe. Don't make any crazy parlays. And we will see you next week. Have a good Christmas. Is this... The, mm, is this are you going to have one more before Christmas? We may if we get our ducks in a row actually we might be no we'll be releasing boxing day i think okay if we maintain the same schedule but yeah you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ongoing supply chain issues (laughs) so all right bye Bye. (laughs) it's been three years i'm not over ongoing supply chain issues